the Rainmaker Evolution to increase freedom, create momentum, and embrace simplicity in your financial services practice. You're listening to the Rainmaker Evolution podcast with Joel Johnson, certified financial planner, co-founder of Johnson Brunetti, author of The Money Map, and leader of the Rainmaker Evolution Mastermind Group. And now, here's Joel. Hi, this is Joel Johnson with another Rainmaker Evolution podcast. Today, we are going to talk about losing advisors, having advisors that work for you. Many of you have the size of firms now where you have at least one person in your firm selling besides yourself. And some of us, uh, like us, have seven, eight, nine, ten, depending on how you count advisors and support advisors and so on. And uh, this last year, we lost two significant um, advisors, both of them bringing in about $50 million per year. Um, a lot of it, I know, is due to our marketing, but they're actually in the meetings closing people. So if you think about it, $100 million of, of, um, of premium uh, or total assets brought in left our firm. And, um, you know, we're going backwards a little bit this year as far as assets raised. We'll be down about 7 or 8%, which I'm not excited about. My staff tells me, well, you should feel pretty good. Because uh, you know you lost a hundred million and you stayed somewhat even. Well, you know that's fine and dandy, but um, like I say, I don't want to raise my kids that way. Um, I don't want a ribbon. Uh, I want to you know always grow. And we didn't do it this year. And we, we yes, we had a, a challenge, but um, it's been a challenging year because of that and some other things. So let's talk a little bit about losing advisors. So first of all, if you think that you're going to get through your business life and not have an advisor lo- leave you. I would suggest that you change your expectations. Um, If you were working for you and you had uh, your entrepreneurial bent, sooner or later you would probably leave. Sometimes it's just the challenge of seeing if they can do it by themselves. Um, We all have that entrepreneurial itch, which by the way I'm going to talk about in another podcast. And some people just want to try it by themselves. Uh, Other people become disgruntled. Um, They feel that they're not appreciated. They think that um, they underestimate how difficult it is to create this steady flow of appointments, so they think they can do that on their own. And um, and so for a number of reasons, uh, people leave. Uh, but again, I think we need to set our expectations. People are going to leave you regardless of what kind of legal documents you have and so on and so forth. People are going to leave you. Um, now, one of the things I think that you should check is, are people leaving you because you're not giving them fair compensation? Um, You want people that are going to run your sales process with integrity and are going to be able to close. They still need to be able to close. And if they're closers, it's very possible they could go to another organization and do pretty darn well. And so you want to make sure that you're not underpaying them. You don't want to overpay them, but there's been a real backlash lately. And I've seen this with other advisors across the AE system of us trying to come up with all these creative ways to pay people less. And again, I don't think we should pay people way above market or overcompensate them. Um, But when you get into this mode of, okay, let's bring in the consultants and figure out how little we can pay somebody and so on, I would caution you about that. I have friends in the system that uh, have lost advisors and, um, and it might not be because of that, but it has been, uh, I think that has been a part of it. So let's first of all be careful that we're not underpaying somebody. If I have to pay somebody 30% or 25% of the business that they write, um, I don't have a problem with that because that other 70% is extremely profitable. At the same time, I don't want somebody making $600,000 a year 
um, when um, you know, 300,000 would be way more than it takes to keep them. So there's a balance there. So I would just, again, just question yourself. Um, are you obsessed with paying as little as possible? Um, I think we want to have advisors that make really good compensation that they wouldn't leave us, but also that they appreciate the fact that we are giving them appointments. So again, this is going to happen. We're going to lose advisors. We need to plan on that. Um, we need to have a bench. Uh, have a bench of people that are ready to go. They might be people that input business that are licensed. They might be customer service people, again, that are already licensed. Maybe they've been doing reviews with clients and now it's time for them to jump up into a lead advisor role. Maybe they've been doing some selling, but they're not that lead advisor with the higher compensation and greater responsibility. But maybe they've been working on a team. Maybe they're people that you've talked to in your interviewing process that you haven't brought on board yet, um, but they might like to come on board and you think they're a good fit with your organization. Remember, always be hiring. So not just having a bench in-house, but always be hiring. And I can't stress that enough. Always be talking to other advisors. We've recently hired a couple people. They're not full-blown advisors, but they are. Uh, licensed. I think one of them uh, is a woman that will end up being a full-blown advisor pretty darn quick. Very impressed by her. She's uh, come on board. She's relatively young and she moved out here from Ohio, had worked for a firm out there. She's getting her CFP in the fall. Um, so very, very driven. And, um, uh, you know, we have hopes for her becoming a lead advisor. So there's somebody that's on our bench right now in training. We have another gentleman that we've recently hired who right now um, will be sort of a support person and also trying to resurrect old leads. Um, but he is a candidate to be a lead advisor. So we always want to be in the position where we can immediately assign somebody to the clients when an advisor leaves. And I'll get back to that in just a minute. Um, also, you know, getting back to the whole compensation thing, be careful who you listen to. Um, again, there are people out there that are obsessed with helping you reduce all costs in your business. And that is a good thing if all things remain equal and you just reduce costs. But if you cause a culture change in your company or you end up upsetting advisors, then that is going to be a problem. Remember, I would rather pay somebody 20% more than pay them X and have to replace them if they leave. It costs me a lot more than 20% to replace somebody. Um, it's energy, it's time, it's the morale of the company when they see advisors leaving. And again, the 20%, I'm picking that number off the top of my head, but just be cautious. Um, be careful who you listen to. Also be careful who you listen to um, with regards to the structure of your advisory team. Should you have service advisors? Should you have these diamond teams? Should you assign a specialist or a customer service person to a team or should there be a pool of customer service associates that service everybody. Um, just be careful of those that claim to be experts um, that have never dealt with the difficulties of running the team because as we all know um, it is fairly difficult. So let's talk about what we have done as an organization when an advisor has left us. So we have an advisor that left us in December, let's call him Bob. And Bob left us in December and quit, but he probably eventually would have been fired. Um, he was a challenging person. He felt underappreciated. So I think this was a two-sided thing, really. He felt underappreciated. Um, we felt like he was um, many times had to um, be dealt with a lot, you know, as far as encouragement. And um, I always call it talking him down off the ledge. And that's kind of a 
um, not a great saying, but it, it was it was a mutual thing. He he decided he should leave. We probably decided it would make sense, and he left. I don't want to disparage Bob. Um, good guy, good family guy, and I wish him the best. And he's gone off and started on his own. Uh, immediately, what we did is we brought in his person that many of you would call a service advisor. Um, he was a the person we brought in was a specialist processing business, talking to clients all the time, but fully licensed. And that person uh, was immediately assigned to all his clients. And I called the top 20 clients, either left a message or spoke to them. And we sent out a letter, a nice letter, saying that uh, Bob has moved on. And we're excited for the trust that you've placed in us as a firm. We do everything as a team. All the advisors are immediately um, familiar with your situation and the planning that we've done. And we're excited to introduce you to Alex, and he'll be contacting you soon, visiting with you to do a review. And that worked pretty darn well. To my knowledge, and this is 11 months later, um, if we've lost any clients, it's probably less than five significant clients, and it might only be one or two. Um, So check me on that when we have our next Rainmaker meeting. I'll check. But it's very, very insignificant. Most people are very pleased with Alex. He's writing a bunch of business, doing great. And so that's one of the things that we did when when we lost Bob, our hypothetical advisor. Again, we sent out a letter. I called the top clients, spoke with them or left a message, and Alex immediately went to work contacting them. Alex is the replacement advisor. Um, Other than that, that's about all we did. Uh, We were there to field calls. Um, Some people said I'd rather work with somebody else than Alex. That's fine. In our organization, they know that we do everything as a team, so it's easy to reassign those people. Um, And what we did was we took everybody in Bob's billing group. So when I say billing group, I mean for managed money. You know, he had a billing group um, where he was getting a certain amount of cash flow every month that we were paying him a percentage on. We took the A's and B clients. We have A, B, C's, and D's. We took the A's and B clients and assigned them immediately to his replacement, Alex. Alex got paid on the A's and B's. We took the C's and D's and made them house accounts. Uh, The C's and D's are now available for anybody to uh, service, uh, anybody to help with, anybody to do reviews. Those people will get reviews. And then if another advisor writes new business on the C&Ds, then we will put those C&D clients that they write business on up into their billing group for the purposes of getting paid on managed money. So it's pretty darn simple, guys uh, and ladies. We, we didn't do that much. We sent out a letter. I called the top 20. Alex got on the phone and, and tried to get a hold of as many people as possible. If anybody asked for a review, we did a review right away, no matter how big or small they were. Alex is writing business. And we took the C and D clients, um, so the lower 50%, actually it's more than 50% of the clients, but A, B, C's, and D's. We took the C's and D's, assigned them to the house. Anybody can service, and we will reassign those clients if somebody does a review appointment and writes new business. And that's about it. So just to review, have a plan, always be hiring, have a bench, have other advisors on the bench ready to step in. Um, which means you might have to be overstaffed a little bit. That's okay. It's an investment in your business. And have your expectations set. People are going to leave you. Are you ready for it? Be a good business person. You know, if somebody quits in a Starbucks, the business doesn't shut down and people don't go into a panic. They replace the person. And for a little while, uh, the people that are left at the Starbucks maybe have to pull some extra weight and pull some extra shifts. But it doesn't shut down the business. Nobody calls the consultants and says, oh, my God, what do I do? You know, it's not how it works. 
um, just be ready for it and have a plan. Okay, so hopefully this has been helpful. Again, we'll talk more about this in the next Rainmaker meeting. If you guys want to, let me know. And uh, I look forward to seeing you all soon.